With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the, the, the Timberwolves blow up the whole rock. <laughs> Everybody left. Nobody Everybody's gone it. except two guys. Yeah. They bring in the, all these new guys, one of whom's highly touted, uh, D'Angelo Russell, doesn't even play. He doesn't play. He, he got takes the, the quad problem. Yes. And they score 81 points in the first half. You don't need a coach. It makes no sense. They Nothing made 26. What were they? Uh, only a couple from the all-time NBA record for threes. It's uh, just a bunch of guys off the street throwing it in from all over. It had to be unbelievable. And I uh, and and I'm glad we that we clarified what we were talking about today when we started because uh, <laughs> last, last week yeah. we had that issue that yeah, uh, I, I want to know about the trade and Pat I gave me ten minutes on the eight. Timberwolves. <laughs> I met the Twins. It's yeah. like Bob Davis. Are we talking about golf or tennis? Golf? No, that, that's what I was. <laughs> I was talking about the Ryder Cup for eight minutes, and he said that's soccer, right? <laughs> Oh, God, I miss him. What happened to that little weedy? He's running the Bob Davis podcast. He he renovated an ambulance. He goes across the country. He sleeps in it. He does that hammock thing. I believe it. You can't tell me anything that's going to surprise me. You can follow him on Instagram, and it is hilarious what he gets himself into. The thing breaks down all the time. It's in the garage. It's just a mess, but he's a great guy. Well, you're right, though. I saw that score, Joe, uh, down here, and I was a little astounded. I look looked to see uh, how bad they got their ass kicked by the Clippers, and they was that their all-time high-scoring point total, 142. I believe so. Yeah, I think I can't remember it. Uh, they've given up that many on several occasions. Pat, our guy Mike Weber, he uh, does some engineering work for the Timberwolves yeah. on the weekends and whatnot, and he said it's the first time in five years. That he had to wait for the crowd to leave. That's how yeah. big of a crowd they had. That, that was non-opening night, he said. But they all showed up to see D'Angelo, right. who didn't play. Who didn't no, he play. sat on a bench. Here, I, I've used this, but here's my theory on D'Angelo, how he got hurt. Yeah. They were 
he went into the tattoo artist, and they were manipulating him to find a place to put his new Timberwolves tattoo, and he pulled something yeah. when he was he's doing it. He's got a lot it. of ink, man. Man, he's got ink on those arms. There's not much room there. It would be a battle to come up with some room. Now, I hope this isn't in dedication to somebody in his life who perished or something, because that, that's, that's, when you make fun of tattoos, you occasionally have to make sure we're not honoring somebody who's no longer around. I think Carl Anthony Towns is distinguished by not having any. Yeah, he, does he not have any visible ones at all? Any. I don't, okay. I don't know. I, well, I've never seen one on his, you know, when he's playing. So Maybe I, he has them in his swimsuit area. Could mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Could be. Because well, yeah, D'Angelo was tattoo-free when he was at Ohio State, wasn't he? I have no I idea. don't know. Is but, he a player? Uh, well, he's a good offensive player. He'll throw it up from anywhere, and he's uh, he's a loose cannon, that's for sure. Now, uh, they uh, say he doesn't guard anybody, but uh, one reason he's not guarding anybody this year is he was the only guy on the team. He was a little better in the past. He, his defensive metrics, Joe, were not as horrible in the past as they have been this year. Mm-hmm. So. But Golden State, he was, you know, just getting to shoot all he wanted to. And Golden State's trying to lose anyway until next year. How did he but, and Towns become such buddies? Uh, I don't know. He's, he played at Ohio State, but I think they grew up near each other in Kentucky, as, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Where's Towns from, Reavers? Oh, in, I'd have to look somewhere that up. In, somewhere it. in Kentucky. I think it's New I'm Jersey. Not. Okay. Let me, let me look they must it up. have grown up there then. He must. I can't remember. I can't even remember where he grew up. So hell of a piece in your paper yesterday. I don't remember who wrote it. Uh, uh, Pamela Ige, yeah, who's a really about, good uh, reporter. Mark Pavlich, yeah, Edison, New is. Jersey. Edison, okay. New Jersey. All right. Well, uh, well, D'Angelo must have grown up right there somewhere near him then, because mm-hmm. that's uh, they one of them went to Kentucky, and the other went to Ohio State, and then uh, their other buddy, their other running mate, is the great young player at uh, Phoenix, Devin Booker, who played with played at Kentucky with Towns. So. I think that's the dream to try to get all three of those guys back together. Let yes, get... Pam's piece was outstanding on Pavlich. Uh, sad situation. Uh, always a little strange, Joe. I know you you dealt with him some. Uh, mm-hmm. Never never loquacious, that's for sure. I've told the story in uh, this is 1992 where I had arranged to uh, go up to Lutzen and see him and interview him and write a piece and. Uh, I was somewhere on the range uh, that the previous night uh, doing something, and uh, he called me that night and said, ah, "I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it." So I never got to uh, I never got to uh, write that column on him. And uh, he a lot of it, as she pointed out in there, a lot of his trauma I think is based on the fact that the deer hunting accident that uh, he was out deer hunting and. Took a shot that ricocheted and killed a 15-year-old friend of his, and uh, I've I had always heard the story that 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 really uh, haunted him uh, for life, and obviously it's gotten worse. My favorite Pavlich, though, used to be how the Rangers guys would tell you that uh, you know he was playing for the Rangers and Ron Dugay was a big star, and he was either married or dating Carol Alt. Were they married? I think they were married. I think he was this, dating the supermodel. Yeah, and they would come out. Of the players' entrance in matching mink coats, right? Dugay and du- Carol. Dugay yeah. and Carol Alt. Herbie told and, the story. And as this was happening, Pavlich would sneak out in his Eveleth 
Letterman's jacket, which had deer blood on it. Right. <laughs> <So>. right. <laughs> he'd sneak out, have his hat down over his eyes, and he figured while the Dugay Carol Alt buzz was going on, he could get out of there without having any fan ask him for autographs or talk to him or anything. Here's what I want to know. His friends and his family uh, believe that uh, he's behaving uh, poorly because of head injuries he suffered. Mm-hmm. CTE. Can't you Wait. x-ray for that when you're alive? No. 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 The only so, way they find out is... In, oh, never is mind. The, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. It's, it, it, it would be difficult at this point to prove the case. Uh, sometime they might be able to, but uh, I think... Uh, Which is why guys that's like why, Matt Burke are donating their brains. That's why but, all the football players yeah, donate their uh, brains. In yes. fact, uh, not to get even more morbid, but Dave Duerson, you remember him, the great Chicago yeah. Bears safety? That's why when he took his own life, he shot himself in the chest. Oh, yeah. yeah and he wrote that brain. in his note so yep. if they could examine his brain. Man, what a shame! Yeah, yeah but I—I uh, I mean, they think that, but nobody. But I mean, sure of it. But, but he's always been a little strange. But I don't think he would have had more or less concussions than anybody else. I mean, he was a tough little guy. Uh, tough, not that little, but he was a tough guy. But I don't think he was getting hit in the head that often. I don't know. I don't know. Hockey though is the second biggest concussion game to football. I would right. have to think. You know, right. they're. Uh, but he was a great player. He was—he uh, was one of Herbie's favorite players on that team, wasn't he? Herbie he, loved he, him. Nobody in the NHL wanted him. It was Herbie who gave him the shot. Yeah, he was too he little was, at five eight. He's a great defensive player, though. Mm-hmm. Wow, he mm-hmm. was—he uh, was something. He was—I uh, I talked to his mom uh, a couple of times. Great character, really outgoing, and uh, you know, loved him dearly. But uh, she, uh, she somehow he ended up being this reticent guy and. Certainly didn't come from mom, from what I could uh, tell. 40th reunion, though, you got to relive some of that over the top. Uh, I don't think it was over the top. Uh, over I, the I, top. I uh, Hot goalie. M- Mirror urchins, one that beat the <laughs> godless commies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All that America hoped for in its That's young right. people. Yeah, whatever I said. Well, they, they wanted me to write a little something, and I said, I don't think I can. I didn't cover it, but I could write 10 or 12 inches about how I made fun of it. And people <laughs> people right. wanted to drag me through the streets. They were so upset. I remember one of my lines was, you remember that all, everybody had cowboy hats then, right? Yeah. Did, wasn't the official Olympic uniform that year cowboy hats? I believe hats, so. Joe? I believe so. Yeah. And Lukenbach, Texas, was huge, and I, I made, couldn't get away with it now, but I made some joke about that. everybody crying at the national anthem, and I had in there, uh, just think how emotional it would have been if it had been Lukenbach, Texas, they were playing. And uh, some people didn't like that, but uh, four years later, when they lost the opener to Norway, yeah, uh, I called up the Nor- Norwegian consulate and got him to spell out, do you believe in miracles for me in Norwegian? Yeah. <laughs> and then I led the column with that. And, uh, How I was that received? I, by accident, I ran into Herbie that night at a North Star game, and he uh, he addressed my failings rather uh, <laughs> profanely. Well, he was very good the, at that. Yeah. Yes, he was. Very he good was. at that. He was, he's the one guy, though, when you... When you when he swore at you, you almost felt good. You know, yeah. It was almost like a badge of honor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> white cowboy hats a, were the uh, 1980 yeah, yeah, look. It was a rugged look. The Wild were playing well until last night, and even then they had a hell of a game against. I think Colorado could very easily be a Cup finalist. 
Three two, yeah. They're uh, they had uh, so how much of this homestand remains? Is the eleven out of twelve over with, or are they still at home mostly? No, you got. I know uh, they had eleven out of twelve at home. You got Vegas tomorrow night. Okay. You got the Ranger Thursday night. Rangers aren't very good. You got San Jose Saturday. They so stink. this week they're home all all week. So if you win, uh, if you win the next game, if you beat Vegas. You got a chance for another three-game winning streak here, and you'll be right. You'll be eighth place by then, right? Yep. yep. So, yeah, they're playing on this Fiala. You know, once again, proving Paul Fenton's brilliance, he traded Fiala for that, or Fiala or whatever it is. He got him for that stiff Grandlin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we give Paul Fenton enough credit. What's your name for the team? Fenton's? Uh... Fenton's. Fighters. That's right. Fenton's yeah. fighters. fighters. Fenton's fighters. <laughs> yeah, well, they made him get rid of Niederreiter, so he got what he could get for him. But the other, Charlie Coyle had Donato. I mean, Charlie Coyle's better than Donato, but those trades aren't the disasters that everybody makes them out to be. Coyle's having a decent year for Boston. Yeah, he's uh, he, he played really good in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. he'll. I don't know if he still takes those three weeks off like he used to or not. What's life like in the fort today, in the 80s? It's going to be a week of, uh, I just looked at the temps, it's uh, going to be a week of the 80s, yeah, 82 or 3 up to high 80s. But here's the deal. We still have not, we'll be honest here, it's 10 minutes to 3 in the east right now. Right, okay. We still have not gotten official word that the trade has been approved. The twins trade. The bruised our trade has still not been approved. We have no idea why. Everybody signed off on it last night. Now, maybe the Major League Baseball doesn't like how much money's changing hands because they complain about that. And somehow the Twins sneaked in to get $10 million from the Red Sox. I mean, from the, uh, Dodgers. from the Dodgers on this deal, although it's Red Sox money because the Red Sox are supposed to be sending $47 million to the uh, Dodgers to get rid of David Price. But uh, not, nothing happening now today. If it blows up again, Scott Boris is going to have an aneurysm, man, because he's uh, Gratterall's agent, and he's upset. But I've, I've been getting emails all day ripping the twins that the Dodgers did, I mean, that the Red Sox did better in the trade than the twins did. Well, they gave up Mookie Betts. The Twins are giving up Bruce Dar, Gratterall. I'd say they should get better uh, uh, compensation, although I don't think they did that does, well. Does Gratterall have a host of surgeries that the Red Sox are looking no, at? No. Well, he had Tommy John, but when he was a kid, he, his first four games he pitched in professional baseball. On his fifth game, he blew out his uh, – he had Tommy John. So he missed the rest of that season and missed the next season. But he came back throwing a hundred or a little more once in a while, and then he had uh, shoulder soreness for a couple of months last season, and they say, shut him down. He came back in August, and they felt good enough about him to bring him up to the big league. So uh, apparently, the the Dodgers looked at the same medicals that the uh, the uh, the Red Sox did. I think the I think the Red Sox were getting killed so bad for the trade that they. Tried to figure out a way to get out of it. Did uh, I'm confused why Pineda has suspension games this year? Didn't he do that last year? Yeah, but he had. It was he only did. sixty game suspension. He only missed the last twenty three. Oh, 
So he's got 37 carried over. I haven't seen that uh, fella yet. Uh, see if he's still the biggest baseball player. Well, it's hard player. to miss him if you do. <laughs> uh, well, we'll find out uh, Wednesday. They uh, Tomorrow's reporting date, and that used to be a big thing with guys bringing their uh, equipment bag in and everybody shaking hands. Now all they got to do is text to say they're in town. Yeah. So uh, now, but now they got most of them are over here already at the minor league park. They've had 70, 80 guys hanging around from minor leagues and some of the major league invitees and stuff. But uh, uh, the, the, the reporting day is not what it used to be. That's for sure. No, but it's starting to feel like it's happening. I take it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, I'm uh, yeah. It's uh, it's good. And there's uh, the thing about it, Joe, is they now uh, you know back in Calvin's day. They might invite seven, eight guys to spring training to be part of the spring training camp. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause, you know, they cost money. They had to give them meal money and stuff. Right. So, uh, but they, they got 20 of them, uh, this year. And there's a lot of good stories there, including Randolph, Minnesota's own Caleb Thielbar. Is he back? He's back. Good. He, he gave, he gave up his job as Augustana's pitching coach. <laughs> To uh, come down here and take another shot at it, and supposedly he's throwing ninety-five or something. So uh, I can't wait to see him uh, tomorrow or the next day to see what the heck's going on. So you're saying the Meesville Mudhens are losing out on a left-hander for this summer? That's true. <laughs> they probably had their eye on him. Huh? They pry him away from Cannon Falls or Randolph, huh? and didn't uh, have him on there. But uh, well, good for you him. know he's left-handed, and they you know the only one they got is Taylor Rogers. So. Let's see if he uh, can make it. I don't think he's been in the big leagues for about three years, so I'll have to check. What influence did Roger Kahn's Boys of Summer have on you? I think that it it gave some of the importance of storytelling, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it showed that, uh, you know, it uh, if, if there was a – if there was – if you heard a great yarn – that some ball players were telling, you explored it and wrote it rather than just laughed and then and then said who won the game and who did what and stuff. I think it changed. Uh, changed. Uh, I think Bouton's book, Ball Four, changed sports writing, and I think Roger Kahn's uh, Boys of Summer did too. I do too. I think it made us look for the look for the look for the great story more than we had previously. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, years ago, whenever it was, 85 maybe, Ron Davis was still with the team. Throw in and the Davis. Time to Ron, throw in the Davis. Throw in the Davis. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in the that cramped old clubhouse at Tinker Field, and I hear Davis over in the corner telling this story, and everybody's howling with laughter, and I hear something about, and then Tony's aunt tried to hit me with an umbrella, you know. So there might have been a time when you said, ah, you know. So I went over there and I said, okay, what the hell is this? And and I ended up getting like the three, four guys on the trip with it. But they were out in South Dakota on the twins' caravan. And Tony made them detour, detour like 100 miles to go see Gordette's aunt, who was the hardcore twins fan of all time. And when they stopped there, uh, she was very happy to see them, and she was in her 80s and kind of had a cane and everything. And when she got introduced to Davis, she tried to hit him with the cane. <laughs> <laughs> she was, so I don't know. I think Roger 
Khan taught us to appreciate that yeah. stuff and write it. You yeah, know, don't I let guess. Ted go. <laughs> no, that's that's too good. That's better than Bill Swanson might make the team. You right, know? right. So that that I think he gave us a lot of that. Did Roger pass away? Ninety two. Okay, well, that's a pretty good run. That's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. He was uh, he was uh, that was that was pretty enlightening to say the least. Uh, well, great reporting. I mean, God Almighty, he told you everything you wanted to know about the key members of that team right. and the different the different uh, personalities. I, I always remember the the descriptions of Carl Ferrella as this dour, uh, you know. You, 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 um, guy and you know this basically it, it's it, it he, he gave you what kind of personalities those guys had. Who was the third baseman that he would have covered? Um, Billy Cox, maybe? I think so. I think was so. the racist. He it, was the and, he was uh, the guy who had a very hard time yeah. with uh, Jackie breaking in, and then they be, then they were okay after that. I yeah. think I think it was Billy Cox. Yeah, that, well, yeah, he was great. Uh, the New York Herald Tribune must have been a hell of a paper. Oh God, it was a writer's paper. They had paper. some great people there. Yeah, they had the they had the writers, and that was, of course, Red's where he made his mark in uh, in New York before mm-hmm. it folded. The Red was, but they were, yeah, that's the old. Was that uh, was that Frank Graham's paper too? I, I don't think know. So. The, yeah, Frank Graham. The, well, uh, Breslin was there for a while, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wasn't Frank Graham wrote the, wrote about wrote about Bob Meisel? Mm-hmm. He's learning how to say hello when it's time to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. That was that was or a on line. the occasion of Babe Ruth's funeral. Boy, the beer tastes good. Sure, wish I had a beer right now. <laughs> Somebody said, "So does the babe." <laughs> so does the babe, right? <laughs> so does the babe. So, uh, anyhow, I got, uh, did you, did you, did you get involved in the Trump hairline, uh, controversy? Oh my God, Pat. It was pretty hilarious. It was pretty funny that the President of the United States would pause to say that it's a conspiracy that they're showing off his spray tan line, right? Yeah. yeah. So this morning, <laughs> at 6 a.m., oh, I'm shaving. Yeah. I'm up shaving. Sure. And yesterday I was in the car in the convertible all day, and I didn't really, uh, I hadn't showered up yet this morning. So I, I had convertible hair, and followed by sleep hair, and I looked in the, I looked in the mirror, and the, this damnedest thing I ever saw, this, this hair was just all over the place. Right, you know, very Straight Trumpian. up, off the side, and I couldn't help but think of, uh, Trump, so, in order to take a shot at Trump, I had to humiliate myself, and I send out a uh, selfie of that hairdo. A that shirtless was, selfie. It, well, yeah, but just shoulders. You can't just be right. below them. I didn't show off nipples. the man boobs. I right. didn't, you know. I, I, just, just the tastefully shoulders. As so. Bud Grant would have said, we already did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> and, you know, there's few things I regret in my life as far as offering myself up on the media, but that was one of them. Right. That, that remains. Well, the best was later that week we we had to tape an interview with Buster Olney, and he, he answers the phone by saying, "Did I just see a picture of Pat with his shirt off on Twitter?" <laughs> was that where he posed with you, Rook? No, yes. that was in, that was in well, there studio. Was two of them. There's two of them. There was yeah. the one where he was sitting out in the stands right. in uh, at the, the Florida, stadium, the yeah. Hammond Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I look like Sophia Loren, but a little less firm. That's, uh, you know. 
Well, the best though is Accurate. when we saw the photo, Pat, we got Rookie doing you explaining on what was going on in the background yes. off the air. Uh, that, yeah, was, uh, that was that was a rough good. one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the grunders on the yeah. door. And that one, some people on Twitter just won't let that one go either. No, they, they, that comes up every once Every in a while. anniversary, yeah, every right. four months or whatever it is, every quarter. <laughs> it's the quarter anniversary. Yes. Oh, that's Lord. True. That's true. So I got a name for you. Get right. ready yep. for the uh, 2020 Olympics if they're not canceled because of the flu or the virus or whatever the hell we call it. But, uh, uh, Mondo Duplantis, one of my favorite of D-U-P-L-A-N-T-I-S. He's a kid from Louisiana, Mm -hmm. and he's the pole vaulting phenom of all time. Really? He's a guy, so he can't be in the women's pole vaulting league. He can't be in the WPBL, but he might be a coach. Teach him how to do it. But he's a kid from Louisiana. But he's going to participate because his mother's from Sweden. She's uh, uh, So he's going to be on the Swedish national team instead of the U.S. Because in Sweden, he just set a world record like last weekend. Again, he's, and he's 20, 21 years old. New York Times did a big piece on him when he was 17 that I hadn't seen. Uh, but he's going to compete for Sweden because... The Swede, in the U.S., they have the track and field Olympic tryouts, and you got to finish in the top three to go to the Olympics, right? Yeah. I mean, whoever finishes in the top three, that's your Olympic team. So if you have a bad day in the pole vault, and you could be the best pole vaulter in the world, you don't make the team, right? Right. But Sweden, they just select you, right? Yeah. So he's he's going to be pole vaulting for Sweden but he, uh, the TV networks are going to be all over this kid. He's quite a character, I guess, and he's got the name for it, Mondo Duplantis. Mondo, Mondo Duplantis. Duplantis. And let's I, uh, let's give a little bit of history to uh, Monday Night Sports Talk podcast listeners. The female that started it all for the women's pole vault um, team. Tatiana. Uh, well, Tat- I saw Allison Stoke. S T O K K E. Well, yeah, she was a young draft choice, but it was Ta- Tatiana. Gregora Rivia of uh, Australia. Draft draft <laughs> uh, Tatiana. I, Allison is now, by the way, the uh, girlfriend of uh, Ricky Fowler, right? Oh, is she really? I think so. Wow. Check it out. But I think that is. I like to keep up on pole vaulters in case we have, a, in case we ever get this league started. You're Pat. the commissioner. Uh, ta- yeah. <laughs> You're right, Pat. Tatiana. I'm the Gregor scout. Vier. You're the commissioner. I'm the scout. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you actually attend the events. Yes, right. <laughs> What's your name, Rook? Tatiana uh, Gregoriva. Yes. Oh, my. Yeah, was she that, gorgeous. Uh, what country was she? But what here? started it was Australia had a magazine for their Olympians, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like 20 bucks and this wonderful paper. And, I mean, it was just, uh, it was really quite a magazine. But all of them were naked. <laughs> oh, wow. So I had that one for years. I don't know what happened to it. And guys and gals, there were some good-looking guys, too, that give you urges, too. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Tatiana looked very fetching in that magazine. I and bet she did. That's what gave me the idea for the women's pole vaulting uh, a league. Yeah. So. Now, do you do a mock draft leading up to the event, too? <laughs> Uh, I, I tell you, the one I really liked was the kid from Iceland who won the uh, 
who was like the bronze medalist and the first ever summer Olympic medalist from Iceland. And she had these chubby cheeks, you know, and you're sitting there talking to her in in the face, in the face, chubby cheeks. And, you, I mean, the urge to reach over and grab a hold of one of those pitch. cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was just unbelievable. It was like a three-year-old, like a two-year-old kid, you know. You just wanted to give her a pinch of the cheeks, but I, I resisted that urge, too. Tatiana was born in Leningrad, the Soviet yes. Union. So oh, she is Russian. Moved oh. to, yeah, but she moved to Australia and she pole vaulted for Australia, I believe she Yeah, uh, she, pole vaulted for wonder, she wants. I uh, wonder whoever ended up with Tatiana. I wonder if she ever ended up with a husband or I've got the biography, and we only go to about 2008, and there's no personal paragraph. Mm-hmm. Hey, it took my Hollywood friends a long time to take a shot at Trump last night, didn't it? About 10 seconds. Brad Pitt. What, yeah. eight, seven, eight seconds? Yeah. He wins his first Academy Award, and he sneaks that one in. I, yeah. I thought that was uh, – come on, Brad. Get up there and tell us how happy you are to finally be recognized for your mediocre acting instead of, uh, you know, taking that uh, cheap shot. It, well, it's, I not mean, only, it's not only mediocre. He's just the same character in anything he does. Yes, and, I, and it, it, you know, that was basically the Lifetime Achievement Award. They decided to vote for him. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I got to say, out of the nine nominees, I've only seen about three of them. I've I saw, I saw uh, Ford and Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and 1917. I never heard of Parasite. I, well, I knew it was out there, but I thought it was about a virus. That's I what didn't I thought. know it was a family <laughs> yeah. family drama comedy from South Korea, right? Yep. You, you didn't see, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Irishman yet? Yeah, I, I have not. I thought it was really overrated. I thought really it was just overrated. good. I didn't think it was great or no, over the top. And, uh, and the good. voters didn't think much of it either, right? Did it win anything? No. Uh, I did not. Length length of a game? Yeah, it won that's there. It, it won by a mile. Was that yeah. the one where Gervais said uh, DiCaprio's uh, date was too old for him by the end of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> so how did it work without having a host? It looked like a cluster. I didn't watch it. It was, it, it was, it flowed. Uh, the opening number was weird, but Chris Rock and Steve Martin came out for a couple and they kind of mini co-hosted. Uh, what well, they weren't out there for a, le- a great length of time, but they were funny and they should have one of those two do it or ha- do it together because they're uh, funny, hilarious, and they kept the show going. They can get away with who a lot was too. the, uh, who was the chesty African American chick who did the opening routine there? Who is that? Uh, I, I'm going to have to look that up. I asked, and nobody. The poor girl, right in the middle of it, popped the button on her blouse and had to stop and uh, button herself up. She a wardrobe did. malfunction, and she came yes. out as "I'm queer," or I mean, that didn't matter. Just sing. We don't. We're not worried about you. Oh, really? She told us that. Yeah. What's, the, what's this Billy uh, Porter guy? He wore a dress. Who's that guy? Uh, <laughs> what's the was, deal with uh, that? Yeah, he's the, yeah, the big he bearded was, guy. Yeah, he, he always dress wears up. dresses. He, he always wears that, dresses. That's, that's nice he, was a, he was a flashy guy. That was a big, big, hard, distinctive dress, too. Not a subtle, like, slinky thing. It was uh, it was a big dress. Joe man. says, what's that deal? I saw that picture <laughs> of the guy. <laughs> what's the deal here? Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah. And uh, not he, you, know, you know how bad it's gotten? With uh, with with Hollywood, the new stars, Mrs. Ricey doesn't even know who these people are anymore, yeah. and she's always she's up to date on 
ETV and stuff like that. And yeah. I said, who's that Who's that uh, gentleman there with the, the big well, uh, dress? And she didn't know who he was. Is He's on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. I believe well, that yeah. show ended 15 years ago. Is she not up to date it. because her husband has deprived her of the uh, appropriate television uh, down in the fort? She has got all the TV a person <laughs> could possibly want. No, she's all caught up on uh, the housewives. How's that, uh, oh, that new toilet seat work out? God, it's good. That's it's good. Uh, worth good, every huh? penny. Yeah. Worth every penny in the investment. to put on a toilet seat. <laughs> But he liked it because he got to save up all the words he would have used. I'd still be there swearing at it. Now you can use those words in traffic. (laughs) Isn't it two bolts? Yep, and you don't even need a screwdriver. You just need Uh, to hang on to uh, it. Janelle Monet is your uh, opening act for the Oscars. She's a 34. She's a singer. And had she had we not known about her sexual preference, or did she tell us? Was uh, that like she revealed it last night? I don't know. We already, not that I really care. Right, it doesn't matter. Um, let's see if she. Who's ever her mate is lucky, I'd say. Who's ever you know, what's a guy, sure. girl, whoever sure. it is. Oh, no, I know you what you know, mean. Congratulations. Well, let me. Plus, let she's in. already. Just thinking about you, she's popping buttons, so that's good. Right. Let me let you in on her personal life. During a 2011 interview with London Evening Standard, Monet said that she only dates androids, a reference to her musical alter ego found in many of her songs. Huh? I don't even know what that means. I don't either. I speak about androids because... Isn't it a phone? It's a cell phone. Isn't it an android? Yeah, it is. It is. That's a type. Or Maybe she's addicted to phones, but she said... Uh, I think the android represents the uh, the new other. You can compare it to being a lesbian or being a gay man or being a black woman. What I want is for people to feel who feel oppressed or feel like the other to connect with the music and feel like she represents who I am. She wants to be with both men and women and still attracted to men and women. And uh, she states that she's a pansexual. I don't know what that means Ooh, either. A lot going on that, there. That's yeah. more than two. You know, I'm going to give the DA a pass Pan on not American. being up. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's across America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, so Pan she's not picky. Is, Pan means men, women, or androids. Anything else? <laughs> you can, phone, anything yeah, else you happen to? Anything hap- else you happen to run across? But uh, anyway, so well, I, guess, I don't know. I didn't having seen so few of the movies, and I just and not having a you. host. That's rare for you. Not having a host, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I usually see at least six or seven of them, but I had no rooting interest. All right. I, I thought Sam Mendes should win just because of the effort he put into. Uh, yeah, it was really nifty technologically. It was, uh, 1917. Yeah, yeah, I just saw it the other day. It's great. Did you like it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right, I got some. Makes me I'm glad I'm not in World War One. That was a bad time. Mm-hmm. Billy Porter and I looked him up as well. He's an actor, performer, singer. Uh, let's see, what well, would we know they him all from? Are. Uh, Kinky Boots. Okay. Did you guys miss that one? Yeah. Didn't see that? What's that deal? <laughs> to see I, what I think uh, I think there was some uh, uh, dancing by uh, transvestites in that one, I believe. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's okay. Life? We can still use that, right? Personal life: so. He is openly gay and married to his partner Adam Smith. So, <laughs> and, if and if he wasn't, if he wasn't, if he wasn't, he's uh, this. This kind of took care of that. I if we so. were, if we were wondering uh, yeah. about uh, that fella, so and well, now, good for him. Just to make it even more less confusing for you guys, uh, the man I referenced was Jonathan Van Ness. 
who is the Queer Eye star, and he was uh, appearing on Good Morning America in a dress. He's got a okay. full beard, long hair like mm-hmm. uh, a hippie, and he appears in a full dress when he comes out. That's fantastic. All right. So Here's Joe, the one thing. I clicked over when Elton and Bernie won their Academy Award. Another, by the way, Lifetime Achievement thing. It was nothing special as a song. Elton's really chubbing up, man. Yeah. Come on, Elton. Get in shape. His I know you've always, been, you've, been, you've always been short and fat, but come on. Let's do something. Did here. you you're watch getting, his movie? Getting too big. It was terrible. I watched it this weekend. I thought it was all right. It, I wasn't it was anything terrible. Great. He it had a rough terrible. life, though. The old man well, wasn't the nicest guy. Well, you know, he These wanted him to happen. be tall and handsome instead of short and fat with fat fingers. I'm, a, I'm amazed what a great piano player he is, though, with those short little fingers. He's got drummer's hands, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Little anyway. teeny. Little teeny I'll tell you, though, Joe, you and I, how many concerts of his do you go to? Just the one at Target I Center? I think just one. He did three hours, though. Yep. Man, he gives you an effort when he uh, when he's in concert. Is he on one of his final retirement tours? Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Stones are coming back, right? Yep. What are those poor old fellas? Gonna, where are they, are they going to be at the X? Uh, no, the U.S. I mean, Bank, at the U.S. May 16th, yeah. the Saturday night. I'm probably going to have to do it just because this has got to be it. It's got to be it. It's got to be it. <laughs> They're getting them one more time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> They've been they've been around so long. I think Sid's seen three of their concerts. Yeah. <laughs> Sid thinks even Sid keeps thinking they got to be done by right now. What so. I think we should do is uh, the Stones night. We should pre and post party at Jack's Cafe. You know that? Yes, and I got a three hundred dollar gift certificate. He's well, my wife f- does, but she'll she'll buy you drinks. That'll be fantastic. Pat's got the first three. Yeah. You got the balance in the tip. Mm-hmm. How's that? Yeah, that's right. All right, here we go. Jack's Cafe. See how I did that, guys? It always works out. Jack's Cafe. For you. I'm, it does. It does. And it will work out for you, too, if you go to Jack's Cafe. Northeast Minneapolis, 1928 University Avenue Northeast, right at 20th. I'm going to give you their phone number so you can make a reservation when you would like to uh, book a Sunday brunch reservation. How about the Mardi Gras brunch on February 23rd, they're taking reservations right now. They've got room for weddings, grooms, dinners, private rooms from 25 to 250 people. And what is their history? Well, three generations. Billy's running it right now. He grew up with the restaurant. And he knows exactly how to make a wonderful value for you. You work hard for your money. I'd like you to go out and have a great night at Jack's Cafe, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. Or to make that reservation or book that the groom's dinner or wedding, 612-789-7297. We've all been there, and we will all continue to go there because it's a great spot with wonderful ambiance. Jackson Northeast, J-A-X-Cafe.com, 612-789-7297. All right, I have one thing I want to throw out there. If we're still doing the show <laughs> next winter, yep. we're taking it on the next road. Next week. <laughs> we're taking it on the road yep. because the four of us, have got to witness a San Diego Gulls hockey game in person. What do they one? fight each other? They're, or what? they're the uh, they're the minor league affiliate yes. of the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, and it's just purely to go to be part of the crowd. It's the most uneducated hockey fan base ever, <laughs> but it's spectacular. Every time a Gulls player has the puck, no matter where he is on the ice, he could be behind his own net. And they scream, shoot! <laughs> it's awesome. I took the boy, and uh, 
They're drinking in the parking lot just like it's a Saints baseball game back at Midway. Right. It's so much fun. And what arena? In, what arena? It's called a, the Petcha. It's a it's a local bank, I believe. But okay. it's an arena that maybe seats 7,500 people. All right. But it's, it's fantastic. Pat Reavers you, played Tory Pines. Oh, and and you had golf balls in a plastic bag, yeah. right? <laughs> I God devised a plan. Tennis shoes and white socks, the whole deal. <laughs> yeah. Pat, I was on the driving range, and I was getting the up-down from a, a local guy that probably golfed there with frequency, and he looked at me yeah. and said, you don't play here often, do you? <laughs> <laughs> the golf uh, play that- at... Penchanga Arena. It seats about uh, just about thirteen thousand four. Oh, really? Thirteen thousand. Okay, yeah. I thought it was. Ah, uh, you didn't go. You could have went and saw Brian Dutcher's unbeaten the San Diego State basketball team. Oh shoot! I didn't even think of a, that. You decided to go to a golf. Actually, I don't think they were home this. Oh wait, they had uh, maybe no. Last, two weeks ago, they retired no. Kawhi's number yeah. there, and I know uh, everybody is, went nuts. I know this is sports talk. <laughs> I, I know this is sports talk, and we're supposed to like and talk sports. If I go to San Diego where it's 76 and sunny, right. there is no way in hockey, hell man. I'm going indoor for any game. But it's at night. You know, you're going at 7 o'clock yeah, at night. the stars are out. You're <laughs> going to the drink. You're you're hanging out. You're kicking back. I'm not going inside to watch a uh, Poor San Diego has one major sports team now, the baseball. Yeah. They don't have, they yeah. lost their football team. They, they Hockey and basketball have never made it there. It's uh, it's amazing. Well, they were doing man on the street interviews the day after the Chiefs won because you know the Chiefs and Chargers yeah. were big rivals, and a lot of the people are saying, "Well, I guess I don't even care anymore that the Chiefs <laughs> won because we don't have football." Well, I think they're the sixth largest city in the country, something like that, sixth or seventh largest city. I they... learned that San Diego County is the second largest in the country, next to Los Angeles County. I yeah. believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it sprawls damn near to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, and it also way out west too. Yeah, yeah. hell of a town. Though. East, east, way out west. You'd be west. East, east. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> You'd be a little. Well, west, one though. reason they one reason they say that they have a. Tough time is, uh, you know, like drawing people to stuff because they got the ocean, you know, in one direction. They got Mexico in the other direction and the desert in the other direction and the Los Angeles in the other direction. So they don't they don't have that uh, natural area to draw from beyond their own city limits. Plus, I don't know how many residents are actually from the area. Most of them are transplants. What famous oh. baseball player Here we go. from San Diego? Tony Gwynn. Well, Older than that. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Yeah. Ted Williams. Yeah. Best buddy growing up. Roy Ray Engel, the Dave Engel's daddy. Yep. So yeah, Ted is. Uh, it's hard to you just imagine what San Diego was like in the when Ted's first year in the big leagues was thirty nine. Well, I think, a, or maybe was a forty. Navy town, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So, Ron, I did not know this. Ron Fowler owns the Padres. University yes, of St. Thomas grad. Yes, I don't he's, know. He's, he's, a, he's a Twin Cities guy. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, and they uh, they're weird because one year they're trying to win, the next year they're next year they're not spending money. Now this year they're spending money again. That's they got a, a great ballpark oh, and a great location. Yep, that's yes, a they great do. ballpark. I didn't realize you can see the field without having to enter the ballpark. There's that park where the Tony Gwynn statue is. Yep. You can access that without having to pay admission, which is really neat. All right. They've, they okay, uh, no, no, they had one of the great owners ever, though Ray Kroc. Yep. And the McDonald's guy when he was he, he was the was he the original? I'm not sure if he's the original, but he he got in the he got on the PA one night and a, 
apologize to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> he got to grab the PA and uh, might add a couple of cocktails in him and <laughs> apologize to the crowd for the rotten team that he was putting <laughs> on the field. It was great. It was great. Speaking of rotten movies, God Almighty, was that a terrible movie, the Ray Kroc movie. Michael no, Keaton. No, I loved it. Oh, it was terrible. I didn't see it. Who played him? Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton yeah. right? Oh, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Even though he married the uh, Joni. the piano the piano player from uh, St. Paul, right? That's right. right. Joni Crock yeah. and my, uh, she went to school with my in-law's uh, best friend, and they went out to see her one time. She comes out in these completely yellow, it's a yellow suit, looked like a banana suit, and she was the nicest gal, and it was just like old times, and she really, she was cool, I mean, a little. I hope she picked up the check. Oh, they went when to they her went house. to dinner, I would think. <laughs> they went to McDonald's. She's like, I got connections here. Mm-hmm. No, but she was uh, she was a really nice lady, uh, from what I'm told. I never met her, but my uh, my in-laws had. Wasn't uh, Don Riley used to write about her about every two weeks? Uh, put in uh, put in there a note. Jeannie Ruth, I think, was her name. Jeannie Ruth. Where'd she play the piano know. in the Twin Cities? Uh, <laughs> up and some, down University Avenue, maybe some bar. That's where know. they met. Yeah, and yeah. then they started a relationship. Yeah. Well, and, according to the, the one thing I remember about the movie is that uh, he was a bit of a hound. <laughs> was not completely faithful to the first bride. <laughs> well, that'll happen. Uh, she was born in West St. Paul. Let's see. Where did they meet? Doesn't say. Probably uh, Criterion Joan, or something like Joan that. met uh, founder Ray Kroc while playing at the Criterion. I said wow. Criterion. I'll be damned. In 1957. Wow. Kroc said he was stunned by her the blonde <laughs> beauty. They were both married. They met again at McDonald's conference in 69. Within six months, they had divorced their spouses and married each other. Following his death in 84, she inherited his fortune. She How far... Uh, Joe. We lost Joni in 2003 at age 75. Huh. Joe, how far were the Criterion and the Blue Horse apart from each other? Not far, not at all. How did they both, how did the two great restaurants, well, three, they're Lexington too, but how did the two great restaurants in St. Paul get right next to each I other in the universe? Must have had something to do with the state capital. Yeah, they huh? had a lot of legislative business. They were looking for those uh, fellas to... Uh, my favorite Blue Horse, I think it was the Blue Horse, not the Criterion. My favorite story, though, is... Uh, they they used to run ads in the St. Paul paper, and the uh, they would just they would pay for it by like the ad guys from the St. Paul paper would entertain clients at the Criterion or the Blue Horse. I think it was the Blue Horse, and then they'd just take it off the you know the the bill. Yeah. Uh, so the advertising bill. So they'd run ads, and then they'd uh, you know they. They'd run ads, and then they'd get at the end of the year. They'd settle up whether whether they owe the paper owed them money or the or the they owed the paper money. And Roger Rosenblum, the great Roger Rosenblum, when he was the Viking writer, a man with a hearty appetite for both martinis and uh, food, and they he borrowed the uh, he got his hands on the Blue Horse, what the account bill that they used to have that they'd give the advertising guys, yep. and. Uh, to take uh, take some football guy, the used cover of the Vikings, to take him up to the Blue Horse, and when they got her back six weeks later, they owed the Blue Horse about thousands. <laughs> Roger, Roger, Roger was up there every night hitting them, hitting them, eating big steaks, and uh, what a beauty he was, man. <laughs> That's back in the days when papers were papers. Oh yeah, they were That's flush. Right. 
You want to hear something really sad, though, about Joni Crock? No. It's about the worst thing that could ever happen. Upon her death in 2003, a bequest of $225 million was made to National Public Radio. Oh, no. Really? Isn't that terrible? That's what terrible. a waste of money. That's terrible. Joni, I'm sorry. Wow. She should still be getting credit when they run a show, don't yeah, they? Yeah. It should be the crock hour, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they should, uh, well, you go well. enjoy the fork today. Ah, it looks like it's going to be a uh, nice uh, late afternoon here. I did some beach time yesterday. That was uh, fun. Oh, boy. Thank you for not taking any selfies. (laughs) No, no, it was... uh, The the hard news is when when you get down on one of those chairs, you know? Yeah. And you kind of drive yourself down into the sand. Yeah. So you're not real high. And then you got to get up out get of that up damn could be thing. A problem. Had to call a fire department to get me out of the damn chair. <laughs> you, need to, you need to learn how to. This is what I do. You beach roll. You just roll out of the chair. You're already on all fours. Then it's fours. easier to get yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn the beach roll. That chair. I need a higher chair is what I need. Well, you can so. buy your own and bring it with you to the yeah, beach. That's, well, no, it, it is. But it's not a high one. I oh. need a high one. All right. But then you have to learn how to open it. Hey, buddy, yeah. how, do you, uh, how do you open this thing? I had the wife for that. She got it out of the packaging. So, all right. Brand new. <laughs> see you next Monday. Ah. All right. See you later. Patrick, James, Stephen Ricey, Joe Souchere, Reavers, and Rookie. We're out. Monday Night Sports Talk invites you to download the Min Pod, the P O D M N app that's on your phone or better yet if you want to catch all minnesota podcasts go to podmn.com we'll see you next time monday night sports talk podcast version